It's like if we're messing up our words on the pod, it's not like a stuttering struggle. It's Correct. a talking tr- uh, right. struggle. Right. Struggle. <laughs> there it is. It's a talking struggle. <laughs> there it is. It is exactly It's that. happening. Oh, yeah, no talking struggles today, but some teams had trouble in paradise yesterday. That's for sure. Definitely divisional weekend in the books. Chris Sims, Ahmed Farid are here. It's Chris Sims on button. It's January 23rd. It's a Monday. He's wearing his blue and gold. I have him in the gold pants are just, they're bold. They're bold <laughs> on a championship week. Yeah. Uh, but, man, we got four games to talk about, some good ones. You have a good weekend. You enjoy it. I mean, my yeah. ass out there and worked and, you know, just carried the company as usual. You get to sit back and enjoy yeah. it. First of all, I don't even know that these <laughs> colors go together anymore. I'm just, like, throwing them all together now. I don't even, there's no rhyme or reason. And, uh, no, it was good to watch you guys yeah. working Thanks. for the company. Thanks. Keeping the company going. I was working, too. Were you? I was doing halftime shows for the A-10. A-10 Bam. basketball doubleheader Eat on that. USA Network. Boom. You didn't check in on that? I did not. I'm uh, sorry. I watched you. I'm sorry. Um, no, it looked like you guys had a lot of fun. Yeah, there were some Some snowflakes out there. Yeah, to start the game, you know it. Great jacket you had. Thank I told you, you before the. Uh, your, Thank your you, my gray peacoat. peacoat. Thank awesome. you. Looks awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks. I, I had to impress. It was a big, uh, big audience. Mm-hmm. You know, had to make sure I look cool for Mahomes and Trevor. I didn't want them <laughs> to think less of me. You, you know? talked to either one of them. You, know? you, you, of course, you talked to Trevor the week before. So I, yeah, I talked to Mahomes too. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. I talked to Mahomes on the on the field a little in the pregame. Mahomes which is great. seems more guarded. He seems more like I don't know. Maybe in personal conversation it was different but every time i see him in an interview i'm like all right he's a, he's yeah. not giving me everything well he's because here. yeah you're right i think he's he's hit a superstar level where he's got to probably become guarded a little bit yeah. uh he is very open you know when you do talk to him he's he's awesome cool. he's definitely a guy you'd want to hang out with and drink some energy drinks or a beer <laughs> or whatever right he is that and and again like the, the thing about that experience and watching warm-ups and i kind of had to do a hit to start the show that way trevor is great trevor's watching trevor warm up is it's as good as anything you're going to see in football. What? Except for the guy that was on the other side. So that's changed a whole lot in a year. Because it was last year you were literally talking about Trevor Lawrence's warm-up right. and how bad it looked. I know. But then Hall of Fame game and, of course, you know, the year of what we've seen and then watching that there again the other day. I mean, yeah, he's a machine. He's become a machine. Every ball is pure. It looks great. But, like, as I was kind of saying in the pregame show, watching Mahomes warm up is, like, one of the can't-miss things in all of sports, in my opinion. It's right up there with watching Steph Curry, you know, shoot warm-ups you know, before a game or you know, Aaron Judge taking batting practice right now or the great home run hitters, right? I think I used Bo Jackson the other day yeah. uh, just because it was Kansas City. It felt normal. And, yeah. Uh, Matt Case, and we know that was impressive back in the day. But yeah, when he starts throwing the ball and doing some of his shit, you're just like, oh my god! What is he, yeah? What is he exactly well, doing in warm up? He he practices those magical throws to a degree, you know. And when he's floating around the end zone, he's going backwards, and he's just as he's going backwards, he just turns and like still going backwards seamlessly, but just turns and flicks like a thirty yard out route, and you're like, whoa. You know, I don't know if I put my feet in the ground and threw it as hard as I could. I could maybe do that, but he's floating backwards. And then it's sidearm, and then it's run to the left and sidearm, and run to the right sidearm, and then it's run to the left and set up, and then float backwards and then throw it. And it's just like, holy shit. And then each ball is just like, well, that's, 
you know, if you didn't see him doing the other thing, you go, well, he must have been in the perfect position. The mechanics must have been perfect. Yeah. Uh, so it's amazing, let alone then, you know, I saw it in practice on Thursday too. Oh. You know, Thursday practice, yes. I mean, the Chiefs are impressive. They're fun to watch. They're real. They're energy, Ahmed. You know, that's what's like, you know, you feel it when you go out there. And then they're working insanely hard. The pace of the practice is insane. And they're smiling. They're all like, this is awesome. What, coach? Do it again? You know, and we've kind of had these conversations with, like, the psychos on the 49ers. Yeah. And, yeah, they got the right blend of psychos on their team who, you know, love the work, love the sport, love the bright lights, love the competitive, you know, psychology around all of it. And it's, uh, it's, it's cool to see. They're a Super Bowl-type team. Where do you think that comes from? Is that, like, Andy Reid? Is that this, the personality of the players they have? It's is Andy. That... Definitely Andy. And then he knows the type of players that – fit that mold right yeah. and then he had a great way of you know hey i'm i'm the leader but he lets them feel like they're empowered by being the leader and the trick plays they come up with he gives them a little power and you know hey bring me some ideas right so they feel like they're in it with him uh even though they know he's the guy and then yeah that's the great blend even andy said this to me in my little interview yeah that we have older guys who can teach the young guys really the way it works here with Chris Jones and Kelsey and Mahomes. That's why it's just like, oh, hey, they got new guys this year. It just all works because, you know, Mahomes' ability to lead and, and everything there is very special. All right, I want to ask you about that interview with Andy and a couple we'll go more things about yeah, that I didn't game, mean to but... go down that road. Uh, let's talk about their opponent first. Yeah. We're going to talk let's about all four there. of these games. Our promise to the homies all every All of Monday. the games. All of the games. Every... We do this all the time if we have time, right. he says in my ear. Uh, which we will. One uh, more thing. Chris's favorite weekend of the year, although you were working all of it and traveling and maybe, yeah. you know, your favorite team not performing as you would have hoped, maybe dampered the weekend for you a little yeah, bit. But uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get right. to that game as well. We got a lot of, we got a lot of good stuff <laughs> to talk about and explore on this podcast. But we'll start with the Bills. Uh, surprising, I think probably the most, yeah. I think the most surprising result. I agree. I think say that. Well, it was the only it. upset, right? I mean, because all the other it was an upset and it was favored. domination. That's where it was like. It wasn't just like, oh man, they pulled it off and won by some like you know. It was like they won twenty-seven to ten and it was easy, and really probably could have been more. Right? It was a, it was a, it was a boring, almost a boring game at times because the, the Bengals went up. And you're like, all right, where's the counterpunch? And I did all these stats for the Bengals. It was yeah. like halftime stats. I was right. like, they're outgaining them 274 yards to 135. In thinking that, you know, everything flipped in the second half. Yeah. And that's when the Bills turned it on. That's how much the Bengals were dominating early. Yeah, it just never it never came. Um, we're going to dive in, obviously, a lot of things in this game. But let's just first of all, like, what happened? Yeah. What happened to the Bills? I, What's well, the headline for Well, that? I think the first thing is just, like, right off the bat that we got to, like, I did not see the Bengals' offensive line going to be able to play like that. Right? Shocking. Right. I think that's why most One people, sack. they've given us nothing to see to say, oh, that's what they were capable of. You know, you've heard me say a lot over the last few weeks. I said it last week on, on our pregame show before Chargers Jaguars. The Bengals are the best team in totality in the AFC, but that was a huge issue, that offensive line. And it wasn't good against the Ravens. It wasn't good against the Ravens the week before that. So, you know, this is that's why I went into the game going, I don't know. This is they couldn't block Baltimore last week. So I would think, man, this week they, they won't be able to block Buffalo and they won't be able to run the ball, which will allow McDermott and Leslie Frazier to find more ways to kind of mess with the passing game. But I mean, you're you're setting it up right. I mean, from the get go, it was like, whoa, oh, okay, whoa, he was open. Whoa, that was run up the middle for eight. 
whoa, he was open for 10. Whoa, another run up the middle for six or seven. And it had a look to where you went, this is easy and a little concerning. Yeah. You know, I thought we were going to see, oh, yeah, they ran the ball and Mixon got one or lost one, but they're going to stay patient with it, right? But we yeah. were seeing movement in holes where you're going, nobody's touching them five, six yards until, you know, he gets through the hole. I think that was the most surprising right? thing is that the, both of those things, we have not seen the Bengals able to do. We have not seen them get a run game going with right. Joe Mixon. He goes over 100 yards in this game, and we have certainly not seen him protect the quarterback. Right, Joe's lately. patting the ball and going through reads, right? And well, So sub- is, that, is that the Bills just flopping on defense? Were they not as good as we thought they were? Like, what, what happened? Well, I, I, I think so. You know, I think the Bengals, first off, I mean, you know, they got things in order. That O-line, you know, played definitely in a better level. They answered the bell, the criticism, whatever, right? And I think the other thing is, is, yeah, we've hit on this subject a lot. Right? The Bills are good. The Bills got a lot of the steak and potatoes. They don't have enough sizzle on either side of the ball. And you really, you compare their sizzle to the other teams in football. They're, it's not even the ones that are left right now. And even you want to throw Dallas in there. It's not in the same category. It's, it's not. I mean, of course, the receivers the Bengals have are real. Right? The running backs, real. All advantages over the Bills. Defensive line, advantage Bengals. You know, linebackers, okay, it's very close there with Edmonds and Milano. Secondary, definitely advantage Bengals. You know, O-line, well, we thought maybe it was a slight advantage Bills, but it wasn't, not in this matchup. You know, and then you compared the Bills to the 49ers roster? Are you fucking kidding me? The Eagles roster? Are you fucking kidding me? You know, and then even the Chiefs have more playmakers, right? I mean, they still got Kelsey and Mahomes and a better running back and a good gr- and a group of receivers that I would still take over Buffalo. Sure. And then they do have Chris Jones and Frank Clark and guys that make plays on the defensive side of the ball that you go, oh, whoa, that's a big moment, right? Buffalo does not have that. That's what we've been trying to tell people, right? We're not trying to be haters. I like a lot of what Buffalo does, but we were talking about Super Bowl all year, and one of the things you and I have been trying to say is a lot's on Number 17, shoulders. Yeah. And you saw yesterday, damn, rush three. He, he's got two seconds to throw against a three-man rush. And nobody's open. There is no run game. Well, Stephon Diggs said he was open. Well, maybe on that one play, sure. You know, and we'll see. I, I hear you. But so, you know, I, I think really what we saw is some of the things we've talked about all year you know, and then the O-line for Cincinnati at least exceeding my expectations. And then what, what, what else do you want to get into? I mean, you know, but that, that would be the first banner line thing I think we talk about. It's just that O-line and what they did. That was really impressive. I want to get into the Bengals, but yeah, Pete gives me it. a good question on yeah, the Bills. Right. Is, did they take a step back from the quality of their team that we saw last year? I don't know if it was a – I think it was very much the same. You know, and like if you're not getting better, you're getting worse, right? Sure. That's kind of the old, you know, adage, right? Yeah. Von Miller gave them a little bit more sizzle. That's yeah. why we were going, okay, well, maybe he could be the guy, right? But again, like that's one sizzle guy. All the other teams we just talked about have more than one sizzle guy. And that's where, okay, so the sizzle guy got hurt. Now, who, who, who makes a play in Buffalo ever? Who makes a play? Because I see Cincinnati there and go, they got fucking guys making plays at every level, let alone, you know, a quarterback who's just a freaking assassin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
I mean, now you know why. Now everybody knows why he's one of the three best quarterbacks in football. I think some people might argue he's number two or one. I mean, he's, he's that damn good. Joe Burrow is elevating himself to superstar. Now, I mean, I think he's been there. He played in the Super Bowl, obviously, last year, former number one pick. But he just everything he does kind of goes viral at this point, right? At the end of the game, talking about, I hope you can get refunds hey, for your tickets. What? Is they, he now the best interview? And he might be the best <laughs> interview in the NFL. I think, you're, I think you're right. You know what I mean? And so this is what, what? He tweeted this out? I don't know. This is Instagram here if you're watching on Peacock and YouTube. He goes, uh, uninvited guest, because that's what he is uh, He is calling uh, the Bengals. Is, yeah, Pete, yeah. In my ear, no one believed in us, which is the mantra of every team that right. advances in right. the NFL postseason. Well, I but. can tell you one team that wanted to invite him. The Kansas City Chiefs, I, I think, wanted to see Cincinnati. One, they wanted to be home and not on a neutral sure. side. Two, they're the kind of dudes that are like, what? We lost to these fuckers three times. We want to see them again. Right, I don't think that's one. So they're going to be invited to Arrowhead, or, you know, Giha Stadium, G E H A, whatever the hell it's called. You were there. just there. You didn't. They didn't I know. Give what, you a I can't even know. Giha, 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 Juha, whatever. I don't they know. Didn't what the hell it is. They didn't sit you down. No, they didn't sit you down. Go, hey, everyone, get over here. G E H A at Arrowhead Stadium. All right, but either way, yeah. um, you're saying it right. He's a superstar. He's a superstar. Special. We knew. We we kind of knew that, but just you know, the thing that's amazing about him is just. The moments like that, his cockiness, his confidence, his calmness, you could just feel it throughout their football team. Yeah. You could feel it before they kicked off, just when you looked at him on the sideline and how serious you're like, you're like, Joe's ready. Okay. Like, you don't have to worry about Joe. He's going to be on, on his game. And then they just seamlessly went down the field. I mean, like we talked about. And the other thing is, is just when there's the jugular plays, he doesn't miss them, right? Like the stats aren't amazing by Joe Burrow, 243 yards, but it's the, the when the big play happens, the moment it happens, or wait, they have a chance to make the play here and really put this team in a bad spot, and he makes it so much, right? So now you're going, whoa, it is 14 nothing. He threw the touchdown pass, and then instead of, instead of them settling for a field goal to make it 10 nothing. You know, he's he's amazing. And then it got into the problems we talked about with Buffalo. Okay, we we talked about no guys that can really, like, make fuck plays up on the defensive line. Yep. Then it became, what are we talking about with Buffalo defense all year? They, they're zone defense, right? They don't, they don't play man. They can't play man. Well, what's Joe Burrow great at that we tell everybody yep. all week, right? Pick, he's the best zone quarterback in football. Nobody picks apart zones better than Joe B. And then, oh, oh, you're going to play man-to-man? Oh, okay, good luck, Tredavious White and Jamar Chase, pass interference, right? So they couldn't even, like, flirt with doing that because they knew if they started to blitz, which I'm sure they were like, man, do we blitz and start playing man-to-man? They went, this game will be over before we even can blink our eyes if we start doing that. And uh, that's where they're, they're dangerous. They were a tough matchup for the Bills' defense. And, uh, yeah, they, they – I mean – they, they dominated. The, the offense was very impressive. Penguin Sunburn asked a question that we already kind of touched on here. How were the Bengals able to run so effectively with uh, a supposed patchwork offensive line? It was 172 yards total in the game. Buffalo allowing a season high 85 yards before contact. So it wasn't, yeah, a couple of those runs, Joe Mixon was like three or four yards downfield before anyone was around him. That's what I'm saying. Right? Part of me was like, you know, the snow is going to change some aspects of the game. And I've said this too, and, and Tony Romo said it on the broadcast. It is harder for the defense sometimes in those situations yeah, because right. the offense knows where they're going. The right. defense has to react. And if your footing's not 100%, it's, it's harder to do that. Yeah. Do you think that played a part in this game, the I, snow, and it hurt, you know, Buffalo for whatever reason? On you defense. Know, no, I, I think, you know, listen, Stefan Diggs and 
Allen, you know, and the guys in Buffalo had those advantages too. They couldn't yeah. do it. But Bengals are better. Period. So they play this game ten times. It's a nine. It's a maybe. It's it's nine times. But it, it's good. Just the way it started to look in the first game, right? Yeah. You know, the first game we we I, we had the same feeling. I just I had the same. Oh damn! They they can't stop them. I thought the offensive line dynamic might have changed things this time around. I was wrong there, but. You know, I, I think the one area where I look at the snow, right, to, to answer your question, though, that I do think maybe hurt Buffalo more than Cincinnati is Josh Allen. Josh Allen's ability to scramble, I think, was, you know, limited a little bit because then he couldn't do his, you know, wily Coyote, That's you know, crazy stuff, moving in the pocket, make people miss quite as easily, yeah, right? he's reacting, too, like a defender. Exactly. Right? He's, he's to, watching the run. Yeah. Oh, wait, this guy's going, let me get out of over here, right? So I know, like, that, like, hurt him a little bit. But here's the other aspect, and let's pay some, let's pay some love to the other side of the Bengals story here. Their defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we already talked about the three-man rush getting home. Right, doing some great game plan blitzes that like they expose their protection. Josh Allen is not easy to fool. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks in football. They hit him a few times where he did not see it coming. Right, yeah. so that's great. That tells you that they sent some stuff and did some things that that like wasn't even on Allen's radar. Right, a little bit. That's where you have to look at that. And then you know what was oh, and then you know the one thing we. Cincinnati now, I know that was the first time against Josh Allen, but there wasn't any scrambling. We've seen him play Mahomes three times. Mahomes ain't been able to scramble and do all that stuff. They know how to keep running quarterbacks corralled in the pocket, and that's where they're fucking good, and that's where their defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, is one of the best defensive minds in the game. Goal line stand two on that topic, Lou Anarumo. Is he the best defensive game planner in the NFL? His defenses always show up in the big games. It, it's, it's up there. It's the versatility. It's the thing we talk about a lot, right, with game plan specific, right, where, hey, this is cover three this week, but, hey, they do they run a few different plays, so cover three is a little different for us this week, and they tweak it, or they tweak the way they rush the passer or how they blitz. It is, there's always something. He's phenomenal that way and has a way of – which I think is very necessary in football right now, unless you just have an unbelievably talented team. His teams are creative. They run a lot of different defenses, and they're also sound within that, right? Mm -hmm. So many times when defenses run all these defenses, they fuck things up a lot. They don't do that. And that's where they're special. They have a versatility there. And like we said, they have difference makers that I don't think get credit quite the way they should. Those linebackers are damn good there in Cincinnati. Reader's one of the best run stoppers in the game. So, yes, I was going to say about the defensive line here. Yeah. Because you not only have Reader, who might be the best run stopper in the NFL, right? You got Sam Hubbard, and we saw his ability. Who's a player, right? You got Trey Hendrickson. Player. And then B.J. Hill had a couple of deflections, a couple of quarterback hits. Like, I was thinking about it. Like, there might be a chance. And Pete said in my ear, does Anarumo, does he have, you know, top skill players? Is he doing this all with scheme? And I was like, you could make a case that the Bengals might have the deepest, like, defensive line. Right. Like, those four, like, are are there any other teams in the NFL with four guys? A solid four like that? Solid four. Who, like, run stopper. And some pretty good backups with some Osai and the the young kid from Florida, the first round pick. No electric, like, Micah Parsons guy on the edge or Nick Bosa. But it's just, like, solid. Everybody's good or, or like, real good, you should say. Not great, maybe, but real good, right? Yeah, there's there's no weak link, I think, to what you're talking about. Right. There's no one area you can go, well, if they can find a way to run at that guy 
or if they can just block this one guy, then they'll be okay. And you're like, no, yeah. no, these other fucking guys can get there too. Well, all four of them can change a game. They, right? can. they can affect a game and, and mess things up. Definitely. Well, the two guys in the middle that you talked about, Reader and B.J. Hill, that allow them to go, wait, we don't have to play crazy run defenses. We can kind of play pass defense and still be good against the run. The two defensive ends are phenomenal against the run in Hendrickson and Hubbard, let alone they can rush the passer. Mm-hmm. And then even though they might not be Michael Parsons or Nick Bosa to what you're talking about, Lou can come up with a few blitzes that gets them in matchups to where they, oh, well, damn, he kind of looks like Nick Bosa or Michael Parsons because of it. He creates advantages for them. And then when you go, wait, they got three safeties that are fucking good and Bates and Von Bell and, and the rookie Daxton Hill. And then, you know, the corners, Cam Taylor Britt, is, he's a phenomenal rookie corner. Of course, Eli Apple's very good. And then you get into Hilton, who's in the conversation for one of the best nickels in all football. And, yeah, they got player scheme, versatility, depth to what you're saying. They are a better football team than Buffalo, and we got to see that in person, period. And that's where... We were talking about, hey, with the Odell thing, we think they need Odell. Buffalo needs a few more players on their team to get over the hump if they want to beat teams like the Eagles, the Niners, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bengals to get the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. I thought, um, you know, it's the fifth win for the Bengals in the playoffs in the last two years. They had five in their previous 53 seasons as a franchise. Um, I mean, they're believing now, and they were starting, they started 0 2. They're the eighth team all time. First since the Colts in 2014 to reach the conference championship after an 0-2 start. They got rolling. Who, the, who was it? Who was the team you just said? What Colts, Colts team? T- 2014. 2014. They started 0-2. Yeah, okay. Um, but you, you mentioned oftentimes early in the year, like, that offense is simple, right? It, it, offense is simple. And a guy like, you know, Sean McDermott, I'm glad Leslie Frazier. Right. It's like you think they're two of the best defensive minds right. in the NFL. Right. Going to have a pretty good plan for right. a simple offense. Right. And I think we have dots on the first touchdown by Chase. I don't know if that goes to your point here. but We'll say it, yeah. Um, the, the, the simplicity of the Bengals' offense it was not a. It was not an issue for well, no, the Cincinnati no, Bengals it in this well, game. Well, there's some things here before we get to the dots, and right. I, I do want to see the dots. But like, I'm glad you went here because I was going to forget about this. One, that's where the running game is a little important to them. When they can keep you honest with that, the simplicity doesn't seem quite so simple, right? Because you're yeah. just like, oh, well, shit. I got well, you know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of know what they want to do to pass the ball, but damn, they're running up the middle on us five yards, so I got to be worried about that. And then. Romo made a great point during the game, and I I think we have said this, but this is where they are good. I don't know if you heard him say this, but he goes, where Cincinnati's good, and he said it. He goes, they're kind of simple, and I've heard people say they're simple, and and I don't know if Tony listens to us or not. I know Tony does listen every now and then. I don't know if he still does. I don't know. But either way, we've said that, but the point he made was right. He goes, they are simple. But when they figure out how you're going to play them, they go to, wait, oh, they're playing. It's a cover four day. Let's get to our 10 or 20 cover four plays. And even though they might not blow you out of the water like they don't mean at times, mm-hmm. right, they're still, like when you hear me say, they're the right plays versus the right coverages. Now, every now and then they run into a defense who, oh, wait, they're going, we're playing cover four, and they kind of know, wait, this is what they're going to go do, right? And that's where they fall into the, that's where I think Baltimore gets them a little bit. Sure. Under, there's a more of an understanding of their rules and their division, right? So they know. But that, that is what I will always, and we kind of said that last year about them. Remember late in the year they were playing the 49ers, 49ers, they finally figured out how they were playing. They started moving the ball late in the game, right? So that is where, yes, simple, 
but schematically school of offense, quarterback school or whatever, they do go to the right package of plays with how they're being played. And that was apparent. And then I think when you take their talent and then the fact that Buffalo couldn't get pressure and had to worry about the run, it was like a double or triple whammy on the defensive side. And sometimes when you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow that can pick apart zone defenses like that, you don't want to overcomplicate no, that there's right? something to that exactly right too just let him be comfortable he'll you know how we hear defenses want to play fast right when things are simple yeah well joe can play fast it's like he says the play and he probably has like the matrix and is that you know <laughs> and he can just see everything right away and there is some some truth to that i'm no, no no doubt about it so one more thing on the bills yeah. here uh, we saw stefan diggs multiple times in the game yeah just kind of raise his arms. Uh, it sure. seemed like from the get-go. Like sure. He and Josh well, he missed Allen, the throw early, the right? The go where he was, yeah. Josh had a little pressure and had to try to throw it. And all these, them. Josh had pressure on it. It seemed like. <laughs> it did, right. Um, trouble in paradise? What was that, you think? No, I don't think it's trouble in paradise. First off, if I had a dime for every time a receiver came over and told me he was open, all right? So I tried to tell Florio today. Yeah, I saw that. Like, you know, you just like, you can't always believe them, yeah. right? I've been sitting in meetings where going, and the next day in the meeting and going, okay, wait, here's the play. Here comes the play that the guy told me he was open. I'm sitting next to the receiver, right? Yeah. And then we watch the play, and I go, I go, that's the play you thought you were open on? The one where were you trying to get me benched or fired or cut from the league? Because that was going to be an interception. <laughs> do they so, acknowledge that, or do they still they go, do. I was still open? No, they do. They, you, they do. And they'll yeah. look at you and go, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. You know, like, <laughs> my bad. My yeah. Bad, you know? I but, mean, they might not see all around them, too. Right? Well, that's, that's, the thing that's right. And sometimes you see the finished picture. Sometimes yeah. you see, wait, I was open, but you want to go, no, no, but the quarterback was looking over here, and your guy had saw that and moved, right? Yeah. So it's not always a true representation. And then the other aspect is just the human aspect. Wide receivers are the freakiest athletes in the world. To me, they are the greatest athletes in the world. When you combine, you know, physical explosion and then their hand-eye and all that. So they're used to just give me the ball and I can win games for us. That's the kind of attitude they have. So they get frustrated at moments like that. Let alone us the playoffs. He is a competitor. He loves football. He's watching Jamar Chase go off on the other side. He's going, fuck me. I want to be in the same class as that guy. Give me the ball, right? Mm -hmm. But the problem is, okay, Cincinnati's offense gave Buffalo like seven other things to worry about. And Cincinnati's defense only had to worry about one thing, which was Allen to Diggs. That was it. Other than that, they were like, we're going to win if we just stop that. And I guarantee they did some creative things. Hey, that one play that everybody's looking at, yeah, I, I don't know. I need to see the whole film play. Yeah, maybe he was open. You know, I, I don't know. But Josh Allen doesn't miss too many open people. And that was a desperate part of the game. It didn't look like – it looked like Allen played him early, didn't have him, and then went back, and then Diggs kind of came open. But, again, i got to see it, and I'll give a better representation yeah. on Wednesday when we break these games down a little further. So what do you think for them? And, of course, we'll talk about their offseason, yeah. what they need to do, draft, free agency. But yeah. pretty clearly you've said all year they need another playmaker. They do, somewhere. right. They, that's exactly right. But, got, but a lot of teams need that too. So I, I agree. I think they still got a lot of great things. I don't want to hear any panic about their coaching staff or anything. But Buffalo is still really good. You know, the GM is still really good. The team is really good. It's not easy to get to the Super Bowl or the championship game and win it. And they just need, to me, they miss a few blue chip players, right? You know, I don't know. What's, what's under a blue chip? What's the next expensive one? I don't know. But either way, they have the ones underneath the blue chips. They got, they got some uh, three and four stars. Right, right. right. They need uh, – like, the team's – 
that we're talking about that are left, they got blue chip players. And they got more than the Bills. And if we want to get in the exercise of naming them compared to the Bills, feel free to get at me on Twitter and we can get through this settled really quickly. But they definitely are not in the same category as the Niners, the Bengals, the Eagles, or the Chiefs as far as blue star, five star players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gold chip. star. Although yeah. gold seems pretty, still pretty good. Or I gold guess. chip. I guess. What are chips? Chips what, what like is for the, gambling. Blue chip. Is that where it comes from? But no, a blue. Pete says it's the oh, blue right. chip Because black but, chips are the most expensive ones at the tr- casino, But right? why would a stock be a blue chip anyway? Like, what's the origin of I a chip? I don't know. You're right. I just remember, like, uh, Charlie Sheen saying that in Wall Street. He's yeah, talking no. about blue chip stocks, right? Exactly. Know. You right. know, I mean, it's yeah. a very familiar phrase, but I'm just wondering where it came yeah, from. Yeah, you're right. Now, it's a good one. Now we got our minds working. Yeah. We'll spend the rest of the pod trying to figure that yep. out. Screw uh, the games. Or we could talk about three other games, and we'll talk about the game that Chris was at, at Gahia Stadium. Gaia. Gaia. Gee-ha. At Arrow at Giha. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs beat the Jaguars. Uh, bless you, says Pete. 27 to 20 uh, was the final score. Uh, Patrick Holmes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Patrick Holmes. <laughs> Patrick is, Holmes. It's a the talking, talking trouble. trouble again. It was like Giha Stadium. It got me all messed up now. Patrick Holmes. I got an excuse here. Right? Holmes. Yeah. Well, it was like me before the talking trouble and then after. It's yeah. like Patrick Mahomes before the ankle injury and after. It's not the same person. <laughs> um, so uh, let's take a look at the passing chart here for Mahomes because this will be the story that, that dominates uh, all week long is like, how's Patrick Mahomes feeling? And maybe it's already determined that he's not going to be 100%, but uh, clear through the passing chart that he was limited. I mean, uh, this might not even do it justice how limited he was, and he wasn't able to move around. You were there. You got to see him. Yeah. Like, how much of a different player was Patrick Mahomes pre and post ankle injury? Well, you saw before the injury, it was. It looked like, oh, it's it's just you're you're screwed, Jacksonville. You called the right defense like three times on the first series, and it didn't matter. I mean, he he was ready to go. They were ready to go. You know, and. I have a hard time. Yeah, I you know again, uh, we don't know, and tons of credit to Jacksonville, yeah, but but do I think that they would have won a little more comfortably if Patrick Mahomes was healthy? Yes, I do, I do. But what they showed you is that the, the team is real, right? And that's something that you know, I I don't know if they could have pulled that game off two three years ago. I don't. And I have tremendous respect for Chad Henney, and I know he you know, helped them win a playoff game against the Browns a few years ago. But this was one here where it started to get dicey, and you know, the rest of their team stepped up around you know, not only Henney, but just with the absence of Mahomes. And, I mean, the 98-yard drive is a championship drive. It's the, yeah. It shows you they are a team that it's more than just Patrick Mahomes this year, as we've been trying to say. They have a real run game. You have to really defend it. Their defense continues to get better and better. It's real there. So they can win as a team. And then, of course, they got blue chip players like we're talking about. They got belief. They got a good scheme. And then when that quarterback's hitting, that's where we go, well, shit, they could win the Super Bowl. And, yeah, that was tough. That was tough. He played on one leg, but he is a baller and a tough baller. So you you brought up the 98-yard drive. And I do think I'm glad you kind of started there, too, because I think – that was probably the single most improbable thing that happened all weekend. Maybe. Was that Chad Henney goes in there, 
cold. Cold. Throws first pass completion. Right. And then goes 98 yards down the field. And if that doesn't happen, I mean, the game flips, right? There's a turnover. Or you got to punt deep in your own end. And Jacksonville's got it. Some momentum. You got Mahomes hurt. Now he's got to come back when he's out there on a gimpy ankle. I was like, that drive right there changed the entire complexion of the game. It did. You're right. It gave, you, it gave them belief where it was like, oh, I'm sure Kansas City was like, oh, shit, can we do this without him? Yeah. And Jacksonville's going, we got him. He's hurt. You know, he bleeds. They are human, right? <laughs> and like, like Rocky Four. Yeah. And this is where Andy Reid, this is Andy Reid here. Just guts, right? Belief in the people, his culture, the guys he has on his team, and the belief that this, even in this moment, is going to show through. To come out throwing, right? Uh, Jacksonville's, of course, expecting the run. Wait, whoa, whoa, they're expecting the zig? We're going to give a little zag. I got confidence in my quarterback that he can make a few completions against these run defenses because they think we're going to run. Mm-hmm. So that in itself was awesome. Whoa, what confidence, what balls, guts, whatever you want to say. And then all of a sudden they can go, wait, run the ball. Holy shit, we got this fucking you know, Marshawn Lynch Jr. here back at running back with hair and body flying all over the place <laughs> and thighs and just yeah. explosion. That they can rely on him, too. They should have gave him the ball more. I still, like, what? Give him more. Yeah, he but only had 12 carries. I, it's unbelievable. Me and Tony Dungy were yelling. They're going, well, I don't understand it. He's averaging, like, he was averaging, like, eight yards a carry That's, at one point. And we're like, can you give them the ball more? That one point was by the end of the game, 7.9 <laughs> for the whole game. So, yeah. Uh, Lucio next door has got something that's going to push your button right, right. here. I like this. Yeah. He goes, well, you admit that the Chiefs are as good with Henny as they are with Mahomes. And shouldn't he be the MVP? Or does it just apply to Jalen Hurts? Wow, that's that's those are harsh. Yeah, I know because because Mahomes with 155 yards and like like okay, the Chiefs are good. Like I, I understand that. I'm not. I'm not. Would they be maybe in the playoffs if they had a lesser quarterback? Maybe. I'm not sold on that. I'm not. You know, they'd be right in that conversation. Again, I don't think the Chiefs' O line is as good as the Eagles. Nor do I think their two receivers are as good as those other two, right? Yeah, he's got a better tight end, but it's not by a lot by Dallas Goddard. You know, so again, no, the way they play here, and I, I can't even believe we're going down this road. Well, the funniest thing to me is but, that the, the the Eagles, the Eagles, yeah, this is Pete goes, this is my fault. The funniest thing about this whole thing is, is that uh, you this like, whole controversy, like, J- like the first drive of the game. Do you think Jalen Hurts could have done that? Nobody open, him jump, scissor, kick, falling to the ground. No. I mean, of course not. Jalen Hurts got kicked out of a school and had to go to another school because he couldn't throw the ball good enough. All right, I'm sorry. Jalen Hurts was on a team where the offense was awesome, and they went, we can't run our offense that we got hired for, so we have to run another offense that makes sense for him. That's right. We didn't do that with Patrick Mahomes. So it was like a solid attempt there by uh, our guy there, (laughs) okay, Lucio, but uh, not not real. But the Chiefs are still a very good team. They are a really good team. (laughs) And, yes, would they be maybe in the playoffs with Gardner Minshew? Or Chad Henney, yeah, they probably would still be in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. They would certainly be there. Yeah. But they're a Super Bowl contender and a Super Bowl winner with Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, <laughs> this is the first time I feel like in his era that they could have pulled this off this way. Yeah. I really you do. The team, the around team around him is, him is good. good enough yeah. to, to be tough and physical and do that stuff. Uh, Pete, that was your fault. That was totally your fault taking us down that road. And uh, the funny thing about it is Eagles fans hate you so much for – 
loving their whole team. Basically, you compliment their entirety I, I of their team. And I don't dislike Jalen Hurts. I'm just trying to the give talent you talent on the team. You know, this just <laughs> my honest opinion yeah. and some keeping it real. Keeping there. it real. Keeping yeah. it real. Uh, back to Isaiah Pacheco, yeah, man, right. man, oh man. So he reached top speed of almost 21 miles an hour on that 39-yard run on that 98-yard drive. That was the fastest speed of his career. I love to see that in the playoffs. You do see that a lot right. where players, you can tell they're amped up. They're doing things they have not done in the regular season, which is cool to see. Right. Uh, he was a seventh-rounder. He was taking 11 picks before Brock Purdy. He was taking four picks after Skylar it's Thompson. Amazing, right? pretty, that was a pretty significant seventh round we Holy had this crap, year. right? Probably I mean, more than maybe ever. Ever is right. I mean, difference makers or people that have that kind of, you know, uh, effect on the playoffs altogether. Yeah. Um, it's just another, you know, piece of information to go, don't draft a running back in the first round or in the top ten. Or a quarterback, maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, it is showing something we've been trying to tell people for a long time. The guys – they need team. You need a team. Yeah. You know, one guy cannot do it all by himself. But, man, Pacheco is, whoa, was he impressive looking in person. I mean, he is just rocked up, explosive. You know, again, I wish they would run the ball more still. Um, yeah, but, well, here's luck. Uh, Luke Buck, 18, yeah. says, damn, okay, Isaiah Pacheco before Mahomes' injury. He was strong, but after his running was immense. We need to give him the ball more next week if Mahomes is 70%. Definitely. They have to. But won't, they can't, won't the Bengals know that, too? Well, though? they might, but, but still, like, they need to give him the ball, too, to let, not let the Bengals play all their crazy coverages all the time, too. Now, hey, we just talked about, like, the Bengals, they're great at keeping you in the pocket. It's one of the reasons they've been able to beat Mahomes three times in a row and now Josh Allen. But the one thing I'll say that's setting up here is Mahomes had his best year ever within the pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Best year ever. So that's where it's like almost like, well, let's see if the whole season can condition him for this moment to now where he's got to be a real pocket guy and he's probably not going to rely on the magic of his legs as much. And uh, that'll definitely be one of the interesting things to see uh, about the game. Travis Kelsey was a star again, targeted 17 times in the game, caught 14 of them, 98 yards, couple touchdowns. Why, why can no team stop him? Is it just a matchup problem? And, of course, he's great. He's awesome. He might, be, he might go down as the best tight end to ever yeah. play in the NFL. They know how to use him. He's got great instincts. He, of course, is a great talent. Mm-hmm. To my man Lucio's question oh, at Lucio no. next door, you have to defend Patrick Mahomes and everything else he does. So even though you want to double him, you go, well, then the 20-yard crosser, the 30-yard seam from Mahomes is going to be open. So they put you in a bind there with overs and unders, and they make it hard to double him at times. And then when you do go too hard in doubling, yeah, they usually can find other ways to create plays for other guys that way as well. So... That's where it becomes a little bit of a problem, let alone a little bit like, you know, I think we've seen with Mahomes and some teams, like we talked about this with like even I think the Patriots against Josh Allen a little where, you know, I I think some of these teams have gone, wait, I I just watched a bunch of tapes of people doubling him and he still got the catches. Yeah. And, And then we got burned by everybody else. So I think sometimes people just go, okay, well, we'll take our lumps with him a little bit because we don't want to let Valdez Scantling just be flying down the middle of the field or, you know, Kadarius Tony, you know, crossing the field and we're totally screwed up. Um, so they know how to use him. He's smart. He's got a special connection. And uh, they understand how to kind of game plan around it too. The defense has stepped up too. Steve yes, Spagnolo's got some rookies on the defensive side. 
Uh, how how did they look? Did they look fast in person? Like, what were your impressions of that defense yeah, and how far they've come? It's impressive defense looking. I mean, first off, those young guys in the secondary are impressive looking. Uh, the, the, it, you know, Carlaftis, impressive looking. Chris Jones is an all-timer. I mean, Chris Jones is an all-timer. I mean, when you see Chris Jones, you just go, man, six, six and a half, 340, he moves like that. Like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, here's the other thing, too. I hadn't seen them in two years in person. Hmm. Seeing them with Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, the right guard, it changes the look of their football team. And then, yeah, we talked about, you know, the defensive guys, and even Carlos Dunlap, he's a specimen. But the two middle linebackers, they were the other part that I didn't – they were kind of a shock to me in person. Hmm. Bigger than you think. Bolden and William Gay, we know they can fly, right? They're right. fast as hell. But the size of the human being made me look at their defense even a little bit better. To go, oh, wait, wait, there's a little more – this is not just speed guys. There's a little more size and physicality to these guys, and maybe I've given them credit. So those were some of the impressive things about their team when you saw them in person. Um, yeah, there's not – there's not a whole lot of weak spots with their football team, for sure. What do you think, and this is so cool because uh, you saw the literal first game of the season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You yeah. were there for their Hall right. of Fame, the preseason game, right. uh, first game of the season. Then you got to see them the last week yeah. in the playoffs. Right. And you, you said when you go, I'm not going to pick them to make the playoffs, although we, you should have now. But uh, <laughs> you were one of them that said they're real. What I've seen is real. Um, just kind of sum up the Jacksonville Jaguars, the gigantic leap they took this year, and kind of what you see in the future for yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be, I think, in that position a lot as we go forward here. You know, one, you know me, I'm in the look test, like you're explaining. Yeah. Their look is real. Their look is every bit as we belong to be on the field with the Kansas City Chiefs, who we're going, might be the best team in football, Super Bowl team, whatever, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. They weren't outclassed, right? You know, you saw a team there that, again, I think is still young doesn't know the attention to detail and how perfect you got to be in those type of games to win it, right? And I feel bad for James Agnew. Of course, his fumble was a huge part of the football game. I want to remind everybody, without his two kick returns, I don't know if they're in the game either. So let's not forget that before we start jumping on him. But that was an unfortunate moment, right? You know, the interception, what a great play there, but also a great blitz by Spagnuolo, kind of tricked Trevor Lawrence. So they made some mistakes there, and they ran into a team that's really good and highly motivated and was ready to go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, toughed it up, gutted it out, whatever you want to say. I think that's the cool thing about the Chiefs and Mahomes. You know, a lot of the times, like, you know, I think with these special, special teams and highlights and awesomeness we're not sure if they can get down and dirty at times right the Chiefs can get down and dirty and Mahomes you know Jason Garrett when we were in the trailer he made the comment like you know these guys for whatever reason sometimes we don't give them enough credit for their grittiness their toughness right Mm -hmm. because we just go it's so easy it's always a highlight it's a laser it's a sidearm it's a oh my gosh oh my gosh it's just so easy no the fucking guy's a gym rat he loves football and he wasn't gonna come out unless his leg was missing Right. And it was still there. So he said, I'll keep playing. Yeah. And that's where we got to give guys like that credit, too. It's not just like he woke out of bed and he's just God gifts God's gift to the world. What's your gut telling you how limited he's going to be? Like, I'm going to say he gets close to like 90 percent. You think I do. The fact that he could finish the game. Heard good game. Good. Heard some reports that he was better Sunday morning than expected. Right. He is still young. You know, he's not going to be as mobile, but he'll be able to be mobile enough, I think, to where he'll be good in the pocket. It won't affect the pocket, right? The one thing that was hard for him that you saw in the game, the hardest thing was what? 
getting out from underneath center. Mm, that was uh, one yeah. issue, right? Because that's when you got to really put that foot in the ground and push and dig. And as you're pushing and digging, you're also turning it and torquing yeah. it, right? And you and like he, what coming under center does for I, that offense, I too. do, but I don't know if they'll be able to do that this mm. week. That was a that was one where I kept going, can you do you guys not see him hopping back? Yeah. He can't even get back there to give the ball, Barely got let alone the running back can't ever get to a cutback lane because he's like, wait, okay, come on, you're almost here. Give me the ball, give me the ball. They're going to tackle me. Give me the ball. Yeah. I mean, so they're going to have to stay in the shotgun, I think, because of that, too. Whatever they've done the last few years, it's worked for that's the right. Kansas City Chiefs. Five straight conference championship games. That's that's insane. With the league with parity and ups and downs and Jaguars, worst team in the league. Now they're five straight conference championship games. Either I was looking this up. Either the Chiefs or Patriots have been in the AFC championship game since 2011. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, again, this five straight AFC championship sh- games is amazing. It's amazing. The the fact that the, his, his first five years as a starting quarterback, his team is in the final four all five <laughs> years is insane. And as compared to other teams and dynasties, it's all through him from the get go. Lucio next door. All right, I'm gonna get. We're gonna get it's back gonna, to Lucio again. In a we even bit. have to talk about the Eagles later. Yeah, on no, here we're, too. we might. Maybe we need to go to the Eagles right now just to finish off this conversation. Let me distract you. Let me distract you. One more point about the Jaguars yeah. that I wanted to make. Yeah, I please. think, and here's my bold prediction. Right. Here's my bold prediction. Yeah, they will be the third biggest favorite to win their division next year. So when we get all those odds, I think the Chiefs may be more of a favorite. I think maybe the. 49ers will be more of a favorite. Who knows? Bengals will be there. Buffalo, Eagles close. I'm going to go. My bold prediction yeah. is that the Jaguars will be a significant favorite, maybe the third biggest favorite to win their division. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt you there. I mean, it's, it's it speaks to the quality of the division, of exactly. course, too, not just the quality yeah, of the I team. But no, I think you're – yeah, the Chiefs will be probably the leader still. Eagle, yeah, they're going to be in the top five for sure. I mean, they're going to be the definitely like right. top. I think top five Super Bowl odds. Let's say that top Ooh. six Super Bowl odds. Wow. I think they'll be up there in that conversation. You know, that was a confidence building year, and clearly the best team in their division right now. You know, I, I was kind of going through this. Like Tariko asked me this question the other day. I don't know. Is Trevor Lawrence the fifth best quarterback in football right now? I don't know. It's 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 up there. It's up there. We know we know the four. You know, and then, yeah, maybe, you know, Trevor Lawrence, maybe get into Jalen Hurts right after that, somewhere in there, right? I, I hear that. Mm. But it's funny where we are. Yeah. It's funny, like, the second class of QBs, where I think most people viewed it, right? Man, it, they fell off pretty hard this year with the Russell Wilsons, the Kyler Murrays, Lamar and his issue, Tom Brady. That was kind of the next crew there, yeah. and it was not the best year for that crew. So there could be some funny turnover there this year. The term blue chip, Pete notes here, was first used in 1923 by Oliver Gringold, an employee of Dow Jones, to describe stocks that traded at $200 or more per share. It relates to poker chips of blue, white, red, with the blue chips having the greatest value. You were right. Thank you. You were right. It was the poker chip. It was the poker chip. And then Pete was right, too. It did relate to the stock market. That's where we first heard it, but well done. So now we know blue chipper is the uh, poker chip, and so more blue chippers is what we need. More blue chippers. 49ers have a whole lot of blue chippers all over the football field, yes, offensively, defensively. Cowboys did, too. It was an intriguing matchup here. Oh, Made, probably the most intriguing matchup of, of the weekend, even though the 49ers are starting a third round or a third 
string seventh round quarterback and they won 19 to 12 um let me see so i think it, you know obviously it's, it's it's always funny it's like some of these games when the cowboys lose it's like that's the story <laughs> if the cowboys had lost in the first round that would have been the story um but i want to give the 49ers all the credit that they deserve here because like we've mentioned before, I, I think Kyle Shanahan's the coach of the year. I don't think any other offense is doing this with a third-string quarterback in the entire entirety of the NFL. It's almost like they haven't skipped a beat. Um, and, and while the Cowboys kept it close, it felt like, for me at least, like the 49ers had this one under control for yeah. most of the game. Right. What, what, was your, what was your biggest takeaway? Let's just start there. What was your biggest takeaway about the 49ers beating the Cowboys I, in this I, one? I think um, the, the biggest thing I would take away from it is I, I'm, I'm going to give a lot of credit to Kyle Shanahan. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan would have approached that game that way four or five years ago. What do you mean? I think he still would have been like, wait, I want to do this play and this play and this play, and they're so aggressive, and ooh, I might have a chance to do this play and that play, and let's attack, 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 and you know, put on a show for everybody. But I think he went, wait, I might be able to do that and put on a show, but but if I do too much of that show shit, Michael Parsons around the edge, strip sack fumble, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, strip sack fumble, tip ball, you know, Trayvon Diggs interception might have happened. And I think, you know, ultimately he probably looked at it and went, it's probably the only way I can lose this game. We're better than Dallas. If I just, as long as I don't put Brock Purdy into too many situations where he's got to, wait, did I pick up and point the right guy out in protection and, you know, not hold the ball too long and do all that, I think he thought he was going to win the game. And I think that's the way he played it, even though, yeah, it, it looked, you know, dicey as far as the scoreboard. But I think to your point, never at a point did I feel like, Dallas was in control of the momentum of the football right. game. If they had gotten a break at a key time, then it's like, all right, everything right. flips. We but it felt wasn't like, like, yeah, Dallas was, hey, Dallas is, Dallas is hanging in there. Yeah. Right? It was like kind of those. And, of course, Dallas has got some guys that are freak shows. We knew there was a lot of freaks on the football field for both teams. But ultimately, again, to pat ourselves on the back here a little bit, I think what we kind of said about Dallas at the end of the day all came true, too. Their lack of size on the D-line kind of started to get worn down at the end of the game, right? You know, that was an issue. And then I think we saw the offense and lack of big-time creativity there. Again, this is something we went into last year. When they can't run the ball, they're not overly creative in the other areas to where they can just go, oh, don't worry, we can figure it out here. Not against these type of defenses. Um, so I think that's what we saw overall. But that's where my biggest thing, too, really was the patience and maturity of Shanahan. I didn't know if he could do it. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, he's not going to be able to help himself. He's going to do a reverse. He's going to do too many play-action passes. And it's, and it's going to play into Dallas's biggest advantage in the game was that their pass rush is so deep and so good. And that was the place that I think – you know, Shanahan was smart with how he kind of uh, approached this whole thing. Well, Jeff Rowan says, hold on. Wait a second here. He goes, I would criticize Shanahan in one aspect. Yeah. Every time Kittle touched the ball, good things happened. Yet, they only targeted Kittle five times in the entire game. I thought that was a big miss. Of course, one of those uh, targets and catches was that 30-yard juggling catch, which he almost got laid out by Trayvon Diggs. Um, what do you think? Did Should they have looked for Kittle more? Although, they only threw the ball 29 times in the entire game, and only Debo and looks like McCaffrey had more targets than Kittle. Yeah, I mean, uh, those are those are things that like, hey, I got to watch the film and go. Wait, did, does the defense say they should have thrown the ball to him more? Sure, you know he certainly had a good day. I think Shanahan picked his spots and points. You know, 
I'm sure Dallas was very aware of him throughout the day, too. Dallas had a pretty good game plan. You know, they created some chaos at the line of scrimmage. They didn't let the run game just totally gash them or get going that way. You know, and I'm sure, again, to like what I was saying, I'm sure there was a few times where he was like, man, I I could probably do this and get Kelsey down the field. But he's also going – Kittle. I mean, Kittle, excuse me, Kittle yeah. down the field. But I think he's also going, I mean – a few of the times I've dropped back to throw, my quarterback just got it off just before he was about to get hit by Micah Parsons or one of these guys, right? That was even goes into – so, again, I'll give a better answer to that. But we're always in favor of getting Kittle or Debo the ball sure. more, definitely. Now, like at the end of the half, right, you know, and, and uh, Greg Olson and, and, and Kevin Burkhardt, uh, you know, why are the 49ers not, you know, going here, remember? Yep. They, they feel, I, I think that was the total reason. If you remember, one of the plays, Micah Persons hit Brock Purdy as he was throwing the ball. They were going to be careful. He wasn't going to just go, hey, drop back so they can pin their ears back and then we can, they can get a strip sack and get the ball back at the 20-yard line again. That's, I think he played it the right way. He was not going to let Dallas's defensive playmakers win the game. And I thought that was brilliant from him and that standpoint. And uh, he waited them out. And he believed that his defense will make a play or something, yep. and they'll be the team that makes the mistake. And I'll just do what we have to do to win the game, even though it might not be the sexiest. And that's New Englandish. That's smart. That was the right thing to do, I think, when I when I unpack it. Yeah, I think the you know a lot's going to be made about the the last play, maybe the end of the game here. But I, I mean the third quarter sequence, you know, where Kittle made that play. I mean that was just after. Right. Dallas had kind of the momentum. It was 9-9, to yep. huge 46-yard catch to CeeDee Lamb. Remember right. that? Right. And then a few plays later, it was like 4th and 5 at the 49ers 40, and it looked like maybe Dallas was going to go for it, and they did a whole lame thing of you know trying to get him to jump. I hate that, by well, the way. Well, da- Dallas just... was handcuffed because of their kicker. Now, we were all going to go, whoa, he was 2 for 2, but they were forgetting that there no, was a I bunch of that. situations, too, where it was like, well, they can't call the game the way they want to call here because we're not sure – if they have fucking confidence in this guy who did like was going to miss an extra point by 30 feet to the left, but it got blocked. Yeah, no, I get that. You but, know? you know, fourth and five. But you're right 40, about your point. I got you. It's just like, all right, you know, you're in the playoffs. You don't have Tony Pollard anymore. I got you. You're in trouble yeah. a little bit. You can't run the ball. It's like, how many more of these opportunities are you going to get? They take the delay game. They punt. And the 49ers, that was the key point for them. They go 10 plays, 91 yards in six minutes, and they go ahead, 16 to nine. I, 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 I hear you. It's, hey, listen, that's why he gets paid a lot of money. It's a tough decision. I'm going to sit here and tell you I probably would have done exactly what Mike McCarthy did. You just said it. It was 9-9. Nine to nine. Yeah. Their defense had been great. They pinned him on the nine-yard line. You know, From everything you'd seen to that point, you'd go, well, they're not going to go 91 yards and score a touchdown, right? Okay, maybe they get a field goal, but he was going to make them work for it. And yeah. I think he was still in the, like, again, what we're talking about the other way. This fucking young kid's going to mess up. Micah's going to make a play. Diggs, yeah. you know what I mean? So they're playing that angle, too. And I'm not saying that that was necessarily no, no, right. No, no, I know. It was just decision. an interesting That was spot. the key. I think, I think that's part of the game where you, f- you forget about, you focus on the end of the game, the yeah. interceptions. I hear you. But that is where the game really did I, turn, I, I right hear you. And, and honestly, if we don't have last week, I think they might line up. Maher, Maher has been a great kicker. Yeah. He's 50 yarders have been his thing over the last few years. Sure. So that that's where it, it made things hard on them. But I hear you there. And but the, again, that was a big time drive. He made some big plays, and I felt like that was the moment finally where you went. They're wearing him down a little bit. 
you felt like uh, the size of the, the 49ers. And then Carlos Watkins got hurt early yeah. in the game, right? That was big. The Pollard injury, the Carlos Watkins injury were huge. You know, not a real big defensive line, not great depth at that defensive tackle spot. He's one of their better players there, and now he's not there. Pollard is probably their best playmaker, right? The guy that can go outside the realm of the playbook and go, whoa, he can make that guy miss, this guy miss, you know, and run by you for a touchdown. That hurt them, definitely. But let's get back to something else you said. Like, we can talk about all the game and all we want, and I'm never one to do this, but the interceptions were huge. They were huge. The Dak interceptions. The Dak interceptions were huge. I mean, one, the first one was a pitiful mistake. You've got to see a throw. You can't just go, wait, I'm reading this side of the field and just turn blind and cut it loose, right? You saw that play. The defender was in front of the receiver when he threw the ball. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that says, oh, I see what he saw. You know what I mean? So that was a bad moment. Gave 49ers field goal, yep. right? Got them going a little. And then you talked about the one at the end of the half. You know, I don't know. What, what, what is that? That was a six-point swing? Maybe more? I don't I, – I mean, it, it just it's, – it's hard to figure it out. It's just either way, you know, I didn't see throws again. Kind of had a guy in the slot bracketed there and did not see Jimmy Ward hanging outside him. Yeah. They're in field goal range. I think he's going to hit the field goal. I don't know, but maybe they were going to score a touchdown. Right. It's one of the best red zone offenses in football. But they ended up with nothing, and the and the 49ers got three before the half. That was when you're playing a 19-12 game. Those are huge, huge moments. And, yeah, unfortunately, Dak and his turnover issues arise again last night. Yeah, so maybe we, we should have started with Dak. That's definitely the juiciest no. part. But we just don't do the cliche things here on Well, we didn't on, start on that, right? Yeah, yeah we, we well, started with the 49ers. That's, well, the 49ers won the game. They exactly. did a lot of good things. Thank you for and that. And they've done that to a lot of quarterbacks this year. This is like when I talk to my mom about things. I'm like, I should have done that. Like, no, don't, don't you know, believe in yourself. You're right. Uh, but a lot of people in Dallas, certainly, Dak is the number one most important thing on their mind right now. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, checking Twitter. Last night, searching for the name Dak Prescott was not pretty. So I hope Dak Prescott did not do that. Um, well, this is where I just this is where I don't like it. Okay, and, and I hate social media. It's official, and you know that, and yeah. I hate it. It's official. It is official. Um, yeah, it w- but Pete, it wasn't official before. <laughs> now but, it's <laughs> but it's like it's. I put a tweet out or said something this morning, and we tweeted it out. Yeah, like Dallas fans, let's let's not go to Crazyville. Yeah. At what point, why did we think they were going to win the game here? Well, well, why? Just because we had the star in their helmet and it was Dak? I don't understand. I mean, come on. Realistically, most football minds thought the 49ers were going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, let's go on to the rest of the conversation. Dak, 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 Dak. It's Dak. It's Dak. It's Dak. It's Dak. It's Dak. Yeah, it's Dak. I know. It's all Dak. That's right. It wasn't the fact that they couldn't run the ball for Jack shit, right? You know, it wasn't the fact that the 49ers are better than the Cowboys. Again, Cowboys are another team, I would say, on the offensive side of the ball. They need more sizzle. I mean, are, are you, are, is anybody out there trying to tell me that the Cowboys playmakers are on the same level as Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, McCaffrey, and maybe the best offensive line in football? Certainly a top five. You know, I know Dallas' O-line is good. It's not as good as the 49ers or the Eagles or all them. Mm-hmm. So, again, there's – and then the 49ers defense is clearly better than the Cowboys. So that's where I'm just I'm confused. Where all week I just social media the 49ers are better, the 49ers are better, 49ers are better. Now Dak throws two interceptions. It's like what the fuck? Dak, 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 yeah. Dak. And I know those are not what you want from your 45 million dollar a year quarterback. I get that. That stunk. 
and those were those were bad turnovers, no doubt about it. But I do think Dak had a lot more like on his plate for him to for them to win. He was going to have to make big plays and big throws, and I didn't feel like that with the 49ers or Brock Purdy. I just kind of went, well, the plays will come. It's Shanahan. Their offense is so good. Yeah. You know, Dak, you felt like he's going to have to make a few big-time throws and plays today. It's a different game. It's not fair to just do that. And, yes, it was not perfect, but let's be realistic about the whole situation here. And I think if he had driven him down the field at the end of the game, you don't worry about those two interceptions, right? And so that was, I think that was the, the nail in the coffin for some sure. Cowboys fans. Is sure. that three minutes to go, you're down seven. It's put-up-or-shut-up time for your $40 million quarterback. And – He's almost picked by Dre Greenlaw. He misses Michael Gallup. Looked like he was open on yeah. that play. Yeah, he missed him. Sacked on third down. And then uh, Mike McCarthy and Gallup, the crew punt. The Gallup post, he had somebody kind of under his armpit. So he like had to adjust the way he was throwing the ball. Yeah, sure. I'd love to see him hit that. But like, you know, overall, too, this again goes into kind of what we were just saying. And we've said this about Dallas. I mean, the offense is good, but when they can't run the ball, their pass offense has a hard time standing alone on itself mm. against the good defenses in football. They, 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 I know they can do it against the poorer defenses in football. But, yeah, and that's, again, nothing was easy in the pass game yesterday. There was never a moment where I went like I did against the Raiders when the Raiders played the Niners or the Dolphins played the Niners or the Chiefs played the Niners. People have moved the ball in the Niners the last five or six weeks. Look at their stats. They have not played like the number one defense in football. But I never at any point got a sense that, like, oh, Dallas has got them dialed up. They know how to do the cover four beaters and uh, right. set it up the right way. At no point. And then it became, oh, wait, it's the end of the game and you're down by seven against the best defense in football. He's got a great pass rush and you guys aren't that creative. And you have nobody that's really scary at receiver. C.D. Lamb's really good, but he's not the kind of guy that people go, oh, gosh, we got to double him because he'll run by us for 80-yard bombs. He'll 15 and 10 you and 20 you to death. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. He's really good. But they don't have that fear guy, right, where you're just like, oh, he could catch a crosser and run for 80, like Debo, right? Like, you just, it's not the same there. So that's where I just want to say, you know, pump the brakes a little bit there. Yeah, Pete knows that's why they signed T.Y. Hilton, right? I mean, that's uh, for that guy. That's why we were in Odell conversation for yeah. four weeks, right? But that just, yes, thank you, Pete. They they didn't they signed T.Y. Hilton. They didn't go, well, we're so good. We need, but we need T.Y. Hilton to finish. They went, we don't have enough, so let's get T.Y. Hilton. And that tells you a lot, too. Uh, Pete notes here as well that Joe Burrow now has many playoff wins as the Cowboys do in the 26th season since their last conference championship uh, appearance. Yeah, just an unrelated uh, stat here. But uh, one more thing, and I was kind of surprised to to realize that the last play of the game caused this much of a stir, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think people think it's, you know, obviously not why they lost. It was going to be a Hail Mary no matter what, but they spread everyone out. It was a, like we did something kind of like that in high school. We called it the swinging gate, you know, it was for extra points. We would do that sometimes. Um, it looked terrible. It was yeah. like Zeke got blown up and then, and then what? Uh, Turpin got just annihilated by Jimmy Ward. It looked dumb. It looked stupid, but like whatever it's like you tried something it's different at the end of the game right. yeah i don't i don't think that was well, this like i give him i almost give him credit i'm like cool i'm glad they did something different than just sit back and try to throw it 80 yards I, downfield well, right. they weren't going to do that so they're going to try to do something crazy and creative that they probably have worked on a few times during the year to go yeah. like this will give us there was some process there yeah that okay. if Zeke was another 100 pounds and if, you know well yeah Jimmy that was wasn't there i think there was some <laughs> logic i think they were really what if you really got into it, I think they're trying to go throw it to Turban, 
Turbin's going to pitch the ball to someone else, and then that person's going to pitch it to Zeke, who's going to then have the linemen who were out on the edge, out of the receiver spots, right? Yeah. Leading them up the sideline to maybe get a other big chunk of yards. And, of course, you know you're going to have to flip it and toss it and do it a whole bunch of times. But, like, this is what I'm talking about. It just becomes a social media pylon. Hey, last year we talked about McCarthy blowing an end of the game. Yeah. So this he blew the end of the game. Yeah. Down by seven, 80 yards away with three seconds left. I mean, Dalton Schultz, by not getting that other foot down, hurt him way more. A hundred percent. We're not getting out of bounds or not going upfield out yeah, of bounds, which of I didn't like that call. Like, Yeah, that's, that's I, ticky I wish tacky. They would, I there wish was they plays against that. the day before in the Jaguars game where I go, I could show you three catches at the end. The guy went backwards, and they stopped the clock. Yeah. But this one, they decide, like, he got he – got, the 49ers players said keep the clock going. He was like, yeah, you're right. He didn't go forward, and he kept it going. I didn't like I, that. I, 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 they should change that rule. Like, I get why they do that rule, right? Because you get forward progress. And so if you're going to get forward progress, that was in play. So if you go backwards, it's like, well, we mark you where you were when you were as far ahead as you were. And so it's like you're in play. You're not out of bounds. Like, I think that maybe was they, bam, bam. Like, they should change it. And I, I think it was the right call, but I think they should change it. Like, under, under two minutes and a half. It's like go out of bounds either way, forward, backwards, it stops the clock. Would you be in favor of that? Yeah, I would. I would. I, I don't – yeah, I, again, if the guy's trying to go forward and he gets knocked out of bounds, it, it, stop the clock. Come on. No, don't. Uh, I, I think we probably – we want to well, – let's go into replay because I think if we replayed that, I think he was going forward by an inch or two. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Yes, it was too ticky-tacky at that moment. Come on. He went out of bounds, fucking call it out of bounds, stop the clock. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I didn't love that. But either way, the better team won. It's all that matters. We know that. Let's not pile on. Dak wasn't great. I get that. Dak's still really damn good quarterback. He is. He definitely was too loose with the football, right? He's got to fix some of the mechanical things. We talked about throwing the ball there yesterday. Again, you saw some throws yesterday where you go, eh, complete or whatever, but the ball just doesn't – it's not as pure and as crisp as I've seen it from Dak before. Uh, And then they need to help him out. They got to get a little bit better in some areas too. Anything more? Colombo? Nope. nope. That's it. You only did one more t- one more thing on this I don't one. Know, and it was that because you were going to do one more thing too? Was that no? No, be your I thing? was making fun of you. I was just going, look at you <laughs> doing one more thing. Uh, I got we got one more game now, and do for we? that I gotta go. See you guys later. Good going. show, everybody. Give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. Oh, we buried the lead here. I'm surprised we did this game at all with you and Morgan and. And Pete, oh, Pete says we don't have enough time. Yeah, we got to keep this one short. We got so, we got La Liga coming in that needs the control room. Uh, so we got to wrap this up. No, it was the biggest blowout of the weekend. Eagles beat the Giants of the playoffs. Yeah, of the entirety of the playoffs right now, which probably will remain that way. Uh, so you have something to hang your hat on as a Giants fan. You were part of that. Uh, I want to know where you watch this game, but first we got to do the headline. And, and you're doing this on the spot. You're coming up with one just right here. Philly special. (laughs) Dilly, dilly, Philly, Philly. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) What do you like better? Dilly, dilly, Philly, Philly, or Philly special? Uh, I like uh, that neither make total sense to me, but I think I like Philly special. Okay. Because it was special. That's where I was trying to have a little play on words. Okay. All right. Yes. Where did you watch this game? I watched it on the van ride back from the Chiefs game, and then I watched it at a little NBC viewing party. At the hotel? At the hotel. We were still in Kansas City, so the start of the game I was watching on my phone on the NFL mobile app, right? Okay. And then got to the hotel, went up to the room, took a pee, had it on my TV, on my phone. I I mean, 
and then went down to the sixth floor and we watched uh, the game there. Oof. Yeah, Oof is right. They're a great team. They're really good. Yeah. I mean, they're really good. They're a special team. We know that. You said this to your credit going into the game. You go, there could not be a worse matchup for the New York Giants. Giants. Right. I picked the Eagles to win by 10 or 12 or whatever. And trust me, there was a part of me that was like, "Uh, maybe I should make it 38-17, something like that. I was very close. But I went in. The Giants believe. I think I made it 27-17. But you saw, no way are they in the class of, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles at this point. The Eagles are special. You know, the 49ers, as you know, and I'm talking, they're special. I don't even know if they're as talented across the board as the Philadelphia Eagles are, right? I mean, and then, yes, Jalen Hurts' running ability and all of that, but at Lucio next door. Oh, boy. Okay? Oh, jeez, no. Yeah, you don't did it to this. him, Don't Pete. do this. We're bringing him there. He's not even probably a listener. He uh, just follows you on Twitter, well, so no. if, uh, he's but, a, he might just no. be a hater. But, 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 Lucio, are you a listener or just a hater? But the, just – Think about the game and what they do. I mean, first off, you know, hits a big pass early on Devontae Smith. Great pass on the little deep cross route. Pretty good coverage, right? And then after that, it was just like, eh, we'll run it up the middle for 10. We'll run it up the middle for 10. Here's a slant route to A.J. Brown. Here's an under route to A.J. Brown. I mean, they went up 14 nothing. okay? This is how good the Eagles are. They went up 14-0, and for two drives in a row, two touchdown drives, they literally said, we're going to run the ball every play and ran for two touchdowns. And they were like, oh, all right, hey, all right, here's one throw. There you go. Boom. But that's how good they are, right? So, again, Lucio, that's why I don't quite put him in the class of Mahomes. I'm sorry. All right? But either way, man, and then his ability to run the ball and off of that, as you saw, the Giants couldn't be right. They just they had no chance. That's where they're really freaking good. And, you know, that, again, Lucia. <laughs> Sorry, it's going to be a thing now. Lucia. Yeah. Nobody's had more sacks in this regular season history of football other than the 85 Bears. Okay? Okay, nobody else in football is even close to the Eagles defense and what they're doing up front right now. Nobody's even close. They smothered the Giants' offense. I mean, let alone they couldn't run when they did protect. I mean, the angles I saw, and I mean, I'll watch on film here later today. There wasn't anything open. They were all over everything. So that was a complete ass whooping. Yeah. And the Eagles, you know, remind us like, hey, we took our foot off the gas pedal at the end of the year. We're, we're here. We're ready to go again. And they are a very good team, and that's why I'm pumped to see them play the Niners this Well, this is, this is a little exercise I like to do, and I was talking to you about this before the, the podcast, is that if you were to switch the quarterbacks, would the result be different, right? And I think, you, I think it's kind of interesting. You could do that for all the games. I don't know if any of the games would be different, but for this one specifically, like Daniel Jones now is under fire, Giants fans. Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? Is, can we win with him? If he was playing for the Eagles and if Jalen Hurts was playing for the Giants – I mean, how I, much do the Eagles win by? I, I, 20 right. still? Well, uh, yeah, 30? I don't think Might it's be a, closer. I don't think it's a whole lot different because Daniel Jones is going to be able to do the same thing. I mean, he can do some of the things that Jalen Hurts. Yeah, maybe not as good a runner, but we know he's really close. It's not like, oh, whoa, way better. Again, if you're going to ask me who I'd rather have as a passer, I'd rather have Daniel Jones. 
I'm sorry about that. I don't know. I'm probably you're going to get me in trouble today. And this is not, but this, but, but I'm just saying, you know, but, it's just to speak more to the quality of the teams, that, right? That, that's, and that's stating the obvious. For real. Here, well, I, right? What we're trying to say is, what the hell are you talking about, Giant fans? The people who are out there going, this is the re- well, that's right. Let's wipe away the other 19 weeks of evidence we have that he's played good, and now let's use the evidence against wait the best team in football, right? And nobody thought we were going to be here at this point of the year. And, oh, let's make our judgment off of that, right? No, of course not. Come on. There was nothing. Yeah, the interception was bad. Okay. Right, but what were they down? 14 nothing. They're forcing the issue. They got a great blitz where they game plan blitz and somebody got scot-free. So, yeah, he made a mistake there. Okay, so what? You know, but, geez, it just it wasn't going to happen. The only thing I think the Giants did wrong the whole day was go for it on fourth and eight. I was going down seven. I was going to bring that up because well, like, you've been praising Brian Dayball yeah. all season long. But I think that tells you where he was at. What do you mean? I think he was like, we have no fucking chance of stopping their defense today. Mm-hmm. I mean, their offense. Yeah. So we got to. Go. I think that's where his head was at. I didn't love that. Yeah, I didn't love that. I mean, especially then to take the sack and then it's at the 50. Exactly. So now they have the short field, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, it's 14 nothing, and we're screwed, and we'll see you next year, everybody. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how it felt, right? Um, but, yeah, they they, they – they, I saw the quote last week. The week off, Nick Sirianni said, we went back and evaluated ourselves, and we went, wait, what are all the things we're really good at? And I went <laughs> – they're going to look at the film and go, <laughs> every time they run the ball, they run for 10 yards. They're going to go, we're not running enough. And that's what they got back to yesterday. 44 runs for 268 yards. It's insane, right? And it's the right thing to do because now it's going to help out Jalen Hurts in the passing game this week. And it's going to show the 49ers that, like, oh, wait, they're, they're, they are willing to be patient. So we can't call their bluff and go, ah, I think they'll still throw it here in a play or two. You know what I mean? And that's where you heard me say, I think when we were talking about one thing teams need to do for the playoffs, right? And I think my thing for the Eagles was like, they're perfect, but they got to give the ball to the running backs more, right? That was our one thing we hit on. Yeah. To me, when they do what they did there yesterday, because see, they were so worried about stopping A.J. Brown and stopping the Hurts run. And they had some good answers that early on that they were compromised with, hey, as long as we don't run a Dexter Lawrence, we're going to run for yards. And they did that throughout the day. Yeah, and it, and it was uh, A.J. Brown at the end of the game, much like uh, Stephon Diggs, who I don't know if he was just hurt and he was upset about that, but you saw Nick Sirianni have to go over and tap yeah. him on the head there. Uh, he seemed a little disgruntled. I don't know for what reason there, but I, yeah, he I, caught I three thought passes, he, 22 yards. Right, and I, I would bet you just like the first matchup, they shaded towards him a lot, Yeah, which is why Devontae Smith probably had the big day. And – frustration but i kind of thought of like you like maybe he like tweaked his ankle or it was just pissed he off he kept like holding that. his hamstring back of his thigh so yeah right that's what i saw right yeah. so maybe it was just something like that where he's frustrated where he felt like i can't step on the gas pedal here right you know and he was just frustrated but either way it's a great team and we are going to see the battle of the fucking titans in the nfc i mean these two teams what this is going to be you're talking about i mean really Two of the top four offensive and defensive lines in football and weapons and coaching and crazy fuckers all over the field. I, I That's just it's, it's going to be a, a bloodbath. It's uh, the teams in the NFC versus the QBs in the AFC, which is really cool.
Uh, one more thing on the QB for the Eagles. So per next-gen stats, Pete has put this in here, the three quickest times to throw of Hertz's career all came against the 2022 Giants. It was just 2.4 seconds from snap to throw yeah. in the divisional game. Right. 2.5 in week 18, 2.5 in week 14. Make anything of that? Like, Well, I think the Giants knew they couldn't. The Giants blitzed. They blitzed a lot in the first matchup. So a lot of the times the defense just rent itself to, wait, get it out quick, right? Giants were putting a ton of people at the line of scrimmage. Like you saw when we talked about how many plays were just like, hey, there's a slant to AJ or here's Devontae open, right? So they got looks too and some man-to-man coverage where there's a lot of people at the line of scrimmage who were like, let's just get it out, our guy one-on-one, and he'll make a play or break a tackle or do any of that too. So uh, I think that's more of what it is. Wink Martindale is very creative in those blitz packages. I think it just lends to a little more quick passes when you play against them. BL Bliss goes, damn okay, Hassan. Redick, 1.5 sacks, tackle for a loss, just disrupting the heck out of the – Giants offense I, I I think you know we make so much about the quarterback in the second time I'm going to make this point and at the end of the 49ers game it was all oh, Brock Purdy what does he do what does he bring to this team edge da, 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 da. the defensive line for the 49ers is awesome the defensive line for the Eagles is awesome and I think in the playoffs maybe the best as the big butt award you know person on this podcast like Eagles dominated the line 49ers dominated the line Bengals dominated the line it's still where the game is made won and lost at it's still right there every now and then we see a team that can kind of overcome that to a degree but basic principles of football are still standing true right and yeah there's some magical quarterbacks that can overcome that every now and then we got like last year we had two offensive lines that weren't good in the Super Bowl, right, against two really awesome de- – you know, yeah. one really awesome defensive line and one really good defensive line, right? Every now and then you see that. But that's rare, you know, and, and that's where this one's cool. And I think, you know, to your to your point, even, even talking to the Chiefs, they're offensive line. I'm, right. they're, they're elite, yes. right? You know, let alone they got an elite one or two guys on their D-line. Totally. That, Same you know, thing. So it's, it's – that's where the game is made at, and that gives you the flexibility to be creative and do all the things we've talked about. That's where Dallas was a little bit stuck in a spot yesterday. We're missing a few of the kind of those guys, so we got to put a ton of people at the line of scrimmage and compromise ourselves a little bit that way. But, yeah, it is cool. It is cool. We always talk about the quarterbacks. That's why sometimes a lot of the guys in the locker room hate the quarterbacks because they go, what? Our fucking team is awesome, and all I ever get asked about is our quarterback. Yeah, I, I thought of that at the end of the 49ers right. game. Right, they're going, you know, what? There's I mean, a lot of Brock Purdy. And they're like, no, give me, like, it's been awesome. The story is awesome. Yeah. And I think he makes plays for them, and I, I love the story. Right. But it's like after that game specifically, it's like Brock's story, or Brock Purdy was not the story. In this no, game. I know. But it, it's just they dominate the headlines right now, and that's why I like what we do. We try to give love to some other people in, in football other than the guy that's making $45 million a year or the quarterback all the time. Who knows? Daniel Jones may be making $40 million a year I next would guess year. so. B. Kumar, 18. What do the Giants need to contend? So, Daniel Jones, free agent. Saquon Barkley, free agent. You they'll think, be back, and they'll be back. You think both those guys will be back? No way they get out the door. Okay. Giants will sign Daniel Jones to a contract. Saquon, hopefully contract. At the very least, he'll get franchised. Giants need... You know, here's a team that you want to talk. I mean, it's a fucking miracle the Giants are here. I don't even know how the Giants got here. That's what I want to say. And I think what we're seeing, too, is I just want to say this one more thing, too. The NFC just wasn't good. That's the other thing, too. That's one I was watching yesterday. I'm just going, there was three teams in the NFC. Like we said, kind of all year. 
They got a lot of hate from Minnesota fans. Yeah. But we said all year there was three teams that's kind of stood apart from the rest of the, the conference. I think yesterday kind of justified that for us. We were kind of always like, who's going to be that four team? It was a miracle the Giants are there. Unbelievable job. But, yeah, I, you know, that was one thing that crossed my mind. I was watching the game. The rest of the teams in the NFC had such huge flaws in so many areas. Yeah. Uh, and the AFC was a little more consistent across the board. Maybe no teams like the Eagles or the Niners, but then they had the quarterbacks that balance things out. And here at the end of the year, and let me just throw this out there, who would you rather be, the Detroit Lions or the Giants? Giants, bad taste in your mouth at the end of this one. Lions, awesome offseason. <laughs> and that was Give Me the Headlines presented by Damn, just, Hyundai. Just going to drop the mic on me there, right? Just walk out the door. Okay. I don't know if Hyundai wanted this conversation as part of their segment, but uh, Lions <laughs> still feeling pretty good. You know, like I said, Lions and the Super Bowl winners are going to be the two teams that feel pretty good. No, I mean, the Giants, you got to feel pretty good about the step that you made this year. Yeah. But now you got to make that next step. Now you got to make the next step. And just, you know, like your Lions defense or some of the other, like, again, it's difference makers. You know, the Giants don't have a receiver who can catch a slant and go for make a big play. Yeah. They don't have a pass rusher who can go, whoa, he can just dominate one-on-one matchups. You know, they need a corner. They need middle linebackers. I mean, we got retreads of guys that are Jalen Smith wasn't in the league. Jared Davis got cut by your Lions. They were like, we don't need you. Yeah. They're starting linebackers. I know. You know, so they did it a lot with smoke and mirrors this year and great execution by the players. Uh, they played exactly how they had to play to maximize what they were, but that maximization ended right there. Well, that's the thing. is like They clearly had a ceiling this year, Yes, and it's not necessarily a slam dunk that they're going to bust through that ceiling next year. Yeah, same either. with your Lions. No okay. necessarily. Right. No well, necessarily no, they either. just improved that defense a little bit, and they're awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here we go, baby. All right, so now Are you it's really going to do this to my Giants? Are you going to put them to we bed have, here? We have to. We ha- I mean, it's what we do. It's our obligation to every team when they're done with a season. And I heard Pete has them. one, too, because he's so angry. So Pete has one, too. He has one, well, too, disappointed. For, the, for the Giants. Okay, good, so I good. had one for the Giants, and then Pete texted me this morning. He goes, I have one for the Giants, too. So, Kristen, do we do we have the Requiem for a team? He's like, oh, there it is. On cue. See, I mean, Kristen's it's a long season for her too always on her game always she's like on. she's like joe burrow always. she just is always ready in the clutch always on point uh so here's pete's on the giants first okay. and, uh, let me pull it up here okay here it is this is from pete dave gettleman left them a mess but brian dayball cleaned it up best will daniel jones be back he'd get more love than zach if he decided to go to the Jets. That probably is true. <laughs> go just good. to one, one New York well team done. to the other. Well done, Pete. That was good. I like that. That was very good. Uh, and, and, you know, has Ahmed deliberately messed up the read a little just so it didn't sound quite as smooth. <laughs> it was, it was a good, it could just be the harbinger of all things to come here as we get uh, to the end of the season. For me, unlike Kristen, I am falling apart at the end of the year. Uh, my Giants won here. All right, here we go. Much of the season was pure bliss except when their defense turned into swiss when the giant season ends you need to check on your friends yes pour one out for pete morgan and chris <laughs> pour one out for you guys well done pour one out well pour done yeah great great run great, great run not awesome as, year not as good as the man. all right cowboys cowboys oh wow they're done already another year that turned into a blooper dak prescott a huge party pooper. We knew all along. It turns out we were not wrong. The proper quarterback would have been Cooper. Right? <laughs> they were right. Look at you. You're just like a social media <laughs> asshole now. Look at you. Everyone was right. Yeah, that's so right. Gone with Cooper Jones. Rush. Cooper. 
Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. This is the latest that we have gone ever requiem ever, ever. for the Jaguars. Uh, they had some playoff moments that bruised their ego. Four interceptions and a half. Holy Toledo. But there's good news still. No longer can Jackson DeVille disturb us in that weird little speedo. That's over. <laughs> That's right. That's good. <laughs> That's over. You don't need to see that disturbing sight anymore. Uh, and the Buffalo Bills. This is a shocker. This is a shocker. We thought that they would be playing on into the weekend and then maybe into the Super Bowl. Yes, 17 picks. That's how many Josh threw his season at times going askew. But don't get it twisted, as Chris has insisted. He'll always be our boy Blue. Ah, Doesn't right. even matter. That was a hard one yesterday. Hard that's one. A hard one. My boy Blue and my man Joe B. I know. I mean, that was it was. I was um I wanted the game to be close because I knew the people were gonna start to pile on Josh Allen. It's just it's just the way it goes. Is that what you're hearing now, you think? Are people well, I, I think know. he's reached a certain point now or I think so. I, you know, yeah, the team, yeah, Pete's saying I think they're more mad at the team. And, I, yeah, I think hopefully people saw that there's team issues there, right? Yeah. The things we've tried to say a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I felt like there was a few haters out there. It became a big conversation last week, Burrow or Josh Allen, right? It's like, who would you rather have, yeah. right? It's a great conversation. It I get is it. good. You're not wrong either way. I love it because they're so different. They are. Right? And they what are. Joe Burrow does is completely different than what Josh Allen does. Exactly right. Exactly right. That's Burrow. Burrow's a, a scientist. The way he plays in the pocket, and uh, it just it is a different style. But still has physical ability to make magic happen. And it's like Allen's the other way. He makes maybe magic happen, but still has the the brains to do a little bit of what Joe Burrow does. But you're right; they're totally opposites that way in, in a lot of ways. And awesome, they really are. And uh, good good for the Bengals and Joe B. And here we go, championship weekend. And then there were four our Whoa. Bet MGM Super Bowl odds: the favorite to win it all. We got co-favorites. Wow. Wow. And actually, I don't know. This is basically tri-favorites. Yeah. So Eagles plus 260, same as the Chiefs. Bengals plus 270, so basically the same. And the 49ers plus 300. Wow. This might be the most even. Let's go back in the history of bet MGM Super Bowl odds. I would bet you that the for the final four, it's probably as close as it's been in a while. Right? Right? I, I would agree. You know, and it's say, I mean, it's it's just funny to see the the 49ers are the fourth team there. I mean, it's basically like a 25% chance for yeah. any team to yeah. win the I Super mean, they're Bowl. obviously the one I look at to be the best value. Um, well, I, listen, you know me. I picked Chiefs 49ers before the year. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to pick that right now, though. I don't. It's very much on the fence. Uh, the well, Mahomes injury. Yeah, you, in the beginning of the year, you didn't know Mahomes was going to have a bad ankle. The, Mo, the Mahomes <laughs> injury definitely changes things, right? You know, 49ers going to Philly, playing in Philly, the way Philly looked. You know, yeah, I can't just sit here and tell you, oh, I'm going to pick the 49ers and the Chiefs just because that's what I picked before the year. I'd, I'd like to be right this week. I'd like to be right in totality. We'll see. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, as I thought about it a little yeah. today, like, who am I going to pick? I really don't know yet. That's a good uh, philosophical question, though. Do, are, are, like, you obligated to stick with your preseason prediction? I know, prediction? right? right? I know, that's why I've kind of thought about that a little bit, and I'm sure some people want me to. But, gosh, it's just some things have happened here that I just go, I don't, I don't right. know. <laughs> you know I, don't, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. If you switch, you'll be right no matter what. You're right. right. Either your preseason prediction or your most recent You're prediction. Right. You're right. Yeah, right. so, so just switch and then. Uh, well, I know. We'll see. <laughs> I'd like to. 
I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's either way. I think the best thing about this Final Four is that we're, we're pretty insured of having a good Super Bowl. That's where I, I look at it's it. It's guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah, I, I don't think any there's of no the possible mismatch. matchups. Yeah. Right. There's, there's none of that. So that's where it's going to be awesome. And, I even uh, think we were guaranteed before these games this weekend. Like, I was looking at it. Like, the Giants realistically weren't getting there. I was but, Well, yeah, right. I was, that, that, right. The Giants, as long as the Giants kind of didn't do it, you're right. I think we were somewhat guaranteed. I will say this. After watching Buffalo yesterday, I think if they played Philadelphia, that Philadelphia would have fucking steamrolled Buffalo. Hmm. They would have had no chance. And I'm not so sure the 49ers wouldn't have either. So that was one that was a little worrying to me, you know. But but again, they finally saw the matchup that just exposed them in a lot of ways. Eagles opened as two point favorites. Now they're three point favorites. Chiefs opened as one and a half point favorites. Now it's down to just one. Mm. Um, and we have Chris's all uh, his picks from the preseason. This is you, Chris. Your NFC Championship preseason prediction. Oh, there it is. Wait, oh. did we just tweet this out on Sunday Night Football recently? Sunday Night Football tweeted this in September, and now they just retweeted it because you were dead right. Right. Thank you. That's nice. Look That's at cool. us going back. Look at that. The, Look at that. We're bringing it back for the good what's as crazy, opposed to some other. Yeah. Well, and what's crazy is I can remember when we first tweeted that out and put it on yeah. our social media. I just remember seeing how many people were like thought that was fucking crazy. Hmm. Eagles 49ers, are you fucking crazy? To pick, and I wanted to be like, what? I don't understand it. You I'm, should go through the replies and reply to them oh, now. Oh, uh, well, I would like to do that on a lot of subjects. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, I remember it was two years ago we did the, the – we do this the last couple of years now, rank the rosters talent-wise without the quarterback. And I remember two years ago I had the Eagles in the top five. You did. And people thought that was kind of right. not right. Yeah. And maybe I was a year ahead of the, I was no, a year well, ahead of the curve. They didn't, of course, have A.J. Brown at that time. Yeah, but you saw a lot of good qualities on their team. Still had the offensive line. Exactly right. Great, good defensive line. Yeah. They still had some things about them. And we, you know, again, I'm, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you we, we were Nostradamus by that prediction. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people in football that saw this team. Then when they got A.J. Brown, you went, whoa, watch out for the Eagles. The action never stops at BetMGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. So say you bet $100, $100 on Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts to be the Super Bowl MVP. If you win, you'll get $350. But if you lose, you'll still get $100 worth of free bets. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Final thing on the pod. Yeah. Cheryl Nesbury tweeted you, Chris, where did you get your coat worn at Chiefs versus Jags? Husband loved it. I need to get it for his birthday, so please reply. Thank wow. you. I, my my, my peak coat, people. Uh, I loved it, too. Uh, oh, look at that picture, too. Yeah. Chris Sims, this is, uh, this is Manny Six goes, who makes this jacket you had on last night? Multiple people. And I love this picture, too. Look at Trevor Lawrence trying to get in there. Uh, and then this is from Sam Coys. Come on, you Spurs, probably there, soccer fan. Uh Hairs on point, jackets immaculate, snow coming down. You should make a bobblehead snow globe. <laughs> it was a yeah. good look. Your, I mean, like your hair. It was like it's been a whole season thing, a season long thing. Getting your hair to this point, yeah, peaked for the playoffs. Right, coat peaked for the playoffs. And of course, it's snowing and raining. Those right, gloves are good. Yeah, yeah, it was like appropriate to wear the jacket and have <laughs> yeah. longer hair to yeah. keep your head warm. Um, it all, it all came, it all came together for you right in the last game. That's right, English pea coat, right? That's what that is for everybody out there. But who makes it? And then it's a company makes mine is Suit Supply. 
Okay. It's just a suit. It's suit Supply suit is supply. the company I bought it from. Right. You can okay. look at it. They have stores up here in the Northeast area. I don't okay. know where else they are in the country, but Suit Supply, you go on their website. I don't know if they're still selling it, uh, but they have a lot of those traditional type of things, right? Yeah. It's um okay. It's expensive, right? It's but not crazy expensive. It's not like I well, bought some like mean, Louis or it's not like Louis Vuitton or Chanel or something like that. It's only like a grand, not seven. I don't grand. think it's that. Oh, it's okay. not that. I don't. <laughs> I, you know, it is a few hundred dollars, right? Okay. If I'm gonna be honest with everybody. I yeah. can't remember exactly, but nothing is crazy expensive at the suit at suit supply. That's okay. why I like it, okay? But and, and act now using the bonus code Sims. Seriously. no, they're not a sponsor. People about, love uh, that show, code. I don't know what but it we is. Want to, yeah, we want to tell people where they can get that code. Thank you. There you go. Okay. Now, yeah. Zoo Supplies, send me a check and start sponsoring the show. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. We'll be back on Wednesday. Amin Fareed, you are the fucking man. We did it. Okay? You did it in your gold pants. Yeah. Very special of you today to bring those out. Yeah. Uh, everybody, get at me. You know where to find me. Wednesday, you know we're going to break it down, do everything that way, give you a little preview also of what the hell will happen. Okay? Uh, but everybody, be safe out there. Enjoy the next few days. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself on Monday. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to watch tonight. It's kind of crazy. It's weird. Right? Like, I actually have to watch normal TV or something. Yes, you got in the gonna NBA, have to figure it NBA out. stuff. Going to start going NBA style here. But everybody be good. Get at us. Subscribe, rate, review. We'll see you Wednesday. Clap it up.